the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. What a great city to live in, one of the greatest cities on the planet. Money Magazine always puts Colorado Springs as one of the top 10 places in the nation to live, oftentimes the top five or the top three. So many good things going for us here, clean air, wholesome living, filled with nonprofits and five military bases, all of these things contributing to a wonderful, wonderful lifestyle here in Colorado Springs. I hope you don't take it for granted that we love El Paso County and the opportunity to live in this wonderful, wonderful place. Each time we meet, I've promised you a word from God's Word, and I'm praying through Malachi, and today I came across Malachi 1.1. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. Useless fires on God's altar. There is such a thing as strange fire. I think a couple of would-be priests got in trouble for offering strange fire to the Lord, that would be anything's displeasing to him. But what about useless fires? How hot is your fire on the altar? Are you meeting with the Lord daily? Are you allowing him to kindle the flame of your heart, of your passion? I know I need help in this matter, and I hope that my temple doors aren't shut so that there are useless fires that have faded away. So keep that heart hot for God. Begin that day with the Lord and ask him to set your soul on fire. And I tell you what, God will use you in a great way. And you'll be just, you'll just find yourself when our whole hearts are the Lord. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being with you in each morning, starting the day off with you. Light our fire The world needs the light of the gospel and the passion of Christians. Help us to be those people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I tell you, I'm so excited to have our guest on today's program. I had to backslide to go to sleep last night, Stu. (laughs) I've got Stu Davis in the studio. We've been friends for, I don't know, going on two decades, I suppose, and he wears many hats. In fact, that idiot is wearing a hat now. What's, <laughs> what's, a, what's the emblem on your hat? Is that oh, a it's our Because I, I Love You it's hat. Because I Love You that's hat. That's right. Well, Got to rep the brand. Yeah, that's, that's why we are here. Stu Davis, Executive Director of Cause I Love You. C-O-S, I Love You. Well, Stu, let's begin 
with your background. What about you? How did you get to this place? I mean, don't start like I, you know, I was born in a yeah, hospital I won't give the whole be story. near my mother. Let's not start that yeah. far back. But tell us about yourself, buddy. Yeah, and uh, this coming January, I'll, I'll have lived here for 20 years and uh, moved here in the very beginning of 2004 to take a job as a pastor here in the city. Was in that role for about 10 years before leaving in 2013 to take a role with our local rescue mission, Springs Rescue Mission. Many of your listeners are probably familiar with such a great organization here in the city and really got to be a part of an organization that was uh, kind of expanding beyond being kind of a sleepy little out-of-the-way addiction recovery program that was doing a great job, but really trying to ask itself and the city what it could do around this issue of homelessness. So spent about five years on the team there Mm -hmm. with some incredible leaders, some really dynamic um, organizational shifts that happened during that period. Yes. And uh, the so growth was phenomenal. Un- unbelievable under your leadership. I'm telling you what God has done with the Springs Rescue Mission. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't appreciate it. It's phenomenal. It's unbelievable. And I mean, really kind of an unprecedented kind of growth trajectory that happened over those five years and, and has continued. And so really spent five years there uh, just getting the chance to be a part of an amazing team. And it was during that season that uh, a handful of churches uh, all asking somewhat similar questions about what it looks like to be the church in our city. Uh, and some other leaders from different sectors all kind of started getting into a room together and saying, what does it look like for us to leverage the resources of the church, the Big C Church, to really meet the needs of our Big C City and uh, beyond just what we were doing in that specific instance with homelessness? And that was really kind of the genesis of of what has now become Because I Love You. And so we found it as a nonprofit um, about five years ago. We mm-hmm. turned five earlier this year wow. uh, in 2023. We've been up to things for about eight years, um, and so I came on as the director not quite five years ago. It'll be five years here in just a month or two. And so uh, it's just been an incredible opportunity to be a part of some real community development work, uh, to come alongside church leaders and city leaders and find ways to kind of broker a conversation that I say often wants to happen, Mm -hmm. but just needs a little bit of translation in order to move along. So it's an amazing spot. That is an amazing spot that you're in, an amazing work. Now, did we have a a pattern? Did we go to Phoenix? I mean, or do you have to create this from scratch? Yeah, that's a great question. And early on with this Because I Love You journey, a lot of us thought that we were kind of creating something out of nothing, that we were trying to figure out how to do something that we didn't know existed anywhere else. Yeah. And it wasn't too far into the journey that we started getting a knock on our door from a few others in different parts of the country saying, hey, we we know somebody who's doing some work, and I think you may want to connect with some people. And so uh, some people might be familiar with the Luis Palau Association. Yes. Luis's son, Kevin, in Portland, Oregon, was a key counselor for us early on, as well as a handful of others that were just kind of peering over our shoulder and offered some good insight and some good suggestions about how we could kind of real bring some strategy towards mm-hmm. some of these dreams that we had. And uh, so that was, in, again, in 2017 and the early part of 2018. And then we started realizing there are these city transformation movements happening all over the country. Wow! And I get a chance now five years down the road, to spend time with uh, 80 to 90 leaders that are kind of organically or relationally connected to each other in big and small cities around the country. Uh, And it's amazing to see what some of these organizations are doing. I mean, at a strategic level, at a dreaming level, and even all the way down to kind of a grassroots level of bringing churches together from across these different lines, denominationally, geographically, racially, and really rallying the, the resources of the church to serve its own its own community and city. And so Honestly, I feel like I'm 
20 years late to a party that's been going on for a long time, and I'm just now starting to figure out what we might be doing. <laughs> well, 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 I'm one of those uninitiated persons because I was not aware of the growth of uh, Cause I Love You, as you have stated it. I'm aware of its work, obviously. And the opportunity of collaborating with others across our nation. That's yeah. encouraging to yeah. know the other cities are embracing this vision. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm aware of at least 100 North American cities wow. who have some sort of, and they all have different flavors, but yep. they all, they're all working towards this idea of bringing the church and, the, and its resources in to serve the city in some way. And oh, it's, that's amazing to see is. God turning the hearts of, of believers towards their city. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think of... Ezra and Nehemiah, a priest and politician working together That's right. to make Jerusalem a better place. Yep. I'm thinking of that verse in Jeremiah. Forgive me the reference. You probably know it. Is if, if, we, if we pray for our city, then we will have peace. The city will have peace. The marriage of, of, of church and city, if you will, mm-hmm. collaborating to make the city a better place. Yeah, Jeremiah twenty nine seven. That's Bingo. our that's our playbook. So really I mean, good. Don't get me started on Jeremiah twenty nine. This will be a much longer show than we're both ready for. <laughs> hey, we love the word. And we love to live out the word, and I hope we are praying praying for our city and its leaders. Praying for our mayor, Yemi, who knows the Lord and loves the Lord. Praying yep. for him. Stay on point. The Lord will use him continually to to. And you're working with him, I assume. Well, so some people know this, some people don't, that Yemi was one of our co-founders. Wow. So myself, him, and a handful of other friends, and I say co-conspirators for good, got together. <laughs> that was a part of our genesis a handful of years ago. He was one of those key pe- key leaders in the room that helped us kind of figure out what we were doing with this. So Yemi and I have been friends and colleagues for, for many years. Now that he's in office, it's an interesting dynamic to make sure that we're working well together, but also, you know, keeping appropriate, uh, you know, kind of lines of who's doing what and it's important that you know we make sure that people understand that we're not just in the back in the mayor's back pocket but yeah. such a great advocate for our work such a great advocate for the local church yep. uh, such a strong man of god and and yep. i just admire being able to work together absolutely. with him absolutely he represents all of colorado springs yeah. the faith community those in the non-faith community has to he's our mayor that's right but at the same time this passion this vision that we can work together is awesome well when we return we'll unpack what c- cause i love you is doing and how you can help stay with us this is crosswalk colorado springs on 100.7 the word Welcome back, team. I've got a coach here, Coach Stu. He's coached my grandson, coached a lot of kids. You've been a you've been a coach. What else have you been a pastor? What yep. else in your long resume, Stu Davis, CEO? Been a, been a recruiter, been a university student life director, been a camp counselor, been plenty of things. Wow. Those are just the good things. There's plenty of negative things yeah, I'm we sure won't people go would there. call this me. This is a Christian yeah. radio it's a short show. show. We can kind of keep it, you know, in a, in the lane there. You're just like that utility infielder, man. Just point him in a direction, and he gets it done. Well, I think you just say yes to the opportunities that are in front of you, you know? so That's all you can do, <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Yeah. The Lord opens the doors. We walk through them. You know, Stu, some, some guys, even pastors, you know, they have these career paths. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be here by here and there by there and this by that and first church big by the time I'm 40. I, I had those dreams. Yeah. And they were realized here, but Stu, I've just, we're getting off, off point here, but I believe what you said is so true. I just followed my nose, let God open the doors and walk in them. Yeah. 
I, I, one of the first questions this uh, search team from Cross Fellowship Church, then First Baptist Black Forest, asked me, they, they said, uh, we noticed you didn't send a cover letter with your resume. And I said, well, first of all, you didn't ask for one. You just said send resume. Secondly, I've never applied for a job before. <laughs> <laughs> Let God lead, man. Yeah. He'll open the doors, and He yeah, has in your right. life. And and we thank God you have walked through this door as CEO of Cause I Love You mm. the last five years. Well, Stu, what in the world do you do, man? I just what do you do? Yeah. Well, we'll just. I mean, I, I'm assuming you're asking in a professional sense. There's plenty of things outside of yeah, my profession yeah, that I Cause do. I love that's you, not CEO, yeah. yeah. So, as the director for C or for Cause I Love You, it's. Uh, I mean, really broadly speaking, we are trying to rally the resources of the local church. And I don't mean that just financially, although that's a part of it, but the people, the expertise, the heart, the compassion, unite the resources of the local church to really tangibly serve our city. And so that's kind of the broad work. So I spent a lot of my time working with both pastors and ministry leaders, as well as city leaders, be they in the marketplace, in the public square, elected or officials, elected or appointed officials in our city, or people who are working in the nonprofit space. Uh-huh. And really, as I said earlier, trying to kind of create this conversation mm-hmm. uh, that oftentimes wants to happen, but just yeah. needs some translation or some some brokerage to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes that's, that's big and that happens at events. Uh, so, I mean, tomorrow we've got an amazing event uh, happening. It's called City Serve Day. It happens in the spring and the fall. We'll have 2,000 volunteers, from, mostly from local churches, about 65 local churches spread across 100 in 10, 112 different project sites all over the city, just love and serve any place that can take it. So sometimes it's big things like that to just introduce people to places and ways that they can help in practical ways. Other times it's much more kind of relational or organic, but it's intentional Mm -hmm. of trying to connect perhaps a pastor or a church that cares about a specific cause or issue in our city to an organization or an initiative that's already in motion, already happening, and saying, how can this church or this leader or this person come alongside that effort and really be helpful rather than perhaps starting their own thing and reinventing the wheel or at times even perhaps being harmful mm-hmm. to that process. And so it's really trying to get the church to work alongside, again, when I say the city, it could be broad or it could be narrow, but trying to work alongside what's happening civically to address some sort of challenge or cause that they care yeah, about. Yeah, well, that's that's synergy. That's the power of collaboration, Yep, the power of working together, Jesus uh, prayed, well, he predicted church growth. He prayed for church unity. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> so not only within each fellowship, but reaching out, joining hearts and hands and being the, the feet and the voice of Jesus to step into opportunities, like, for instance, because of your organization, our Palmer Park campus has a some kind of a relationship. Yeah, great with, partnership with the great school really, really near us. And yep. I think we provide backpacks for them or something. I, I'm not involved in that campus, but but that's an example of what you do, right? Yeah, really. I mean, that's such a great example, Bob, because schools are in such a, it's a, such a challenging space, education is right yep. now. Yep. And there's a lot of needs. There's a lot of things that are beyond kind of the curriculum level that families need access to food, kids need access to educational support. There's all kinds of relational dynamics, both in the in the teachers as well as with the students and the families. And so what, one of the things that we do is intentionally try to connect churches mm-hmm. and other partners in the community to a nearby school that could really use some help. And we have found, again, this is the case at the school, it's also the case in other places, that when the church walks alongside mm-hmm. other people, other organizations that are already engaged in good work, 
it just enhances the church's reputation. Yeah. And as, as being good partners, as being there for the benefit of other people, as opposed to trying to stand off and do their own thing without ever asking the question, who else is here and how else can we help? Yeah. yeah. So I think by trying to create those relationships, build that synergy, you mentioned the word collaboration. That's a big buzzword that's used by all kinds of people all over the place. But that really is what we've kind of built ourselves around is trying to be have the church be a great collaborator, a great contributor to things that are happening in our city. And that, like I said, when that happens well, it just enhances the reputation of God's people in the local church. It does, and 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 puts the church, Stu, in a good light. Absolutely. Uh, we <laughs> have an identity crisis as a church when um, the Black Forest Fire occurred. We, of course, have the third, the Southern Baptists have the third largest disaster relief mm-hmm. organization yep. in the world, yep. the DR, and Stu, our our fellow churches across the United States sent 1,000 volunteers, mm. 100 a week for 10 weeks. Mm. I think there were something like 532 homes affected by the fire, lost, mm-hmm. and because of the resources we have and the and the compassion and the vision, we got to minister to 350 of those homes. Yeah. We saw people come to faith in Christ. We saw folks join our fellowship. All of a sudden, it just puts the church in a good light. Mm-hmm. I know there's always going to be conflict with Christ and culture, and, and the, the gospel obviously confronts. Mm-hmm. But why give the world sticks to beat us over the head with? <laughs> why not? Try to build some bridges rather than walls. That's right. So what was it James said in Acts? He says, why, why are we becoming a barrier to those Gentiles who are seeking God? That's right. Why don't we become a, a bridge? And that's I right. see, cause I love you is that bridge. Yeah, I think that's one of the ways that we try to see ourselves is an opportunity for people to, um, to come into contact with perhaps the local church in a new way. You mentioned in kind of a new light. Oftentimes, people who are not a part of, of a local church, who are not part of the faith community, uh, they're not believers, they would have a perception about the local mm-hmm. church based yeah. on things they read, mm-hmm. the news they watch, wherever they, just, they get their information. But when they can come into contact with a person who looks a lot like them, talks a lot like them, and just as much more, but is caring and is kind and is compassionate, it forces them to kind of reconcile this national, this narrative that they've picked up somewhere else. Yeah with their personal experience of that neighbor, that friend, that person who showed up, that volunteer who just showed up to do something kind and really helpful. And I think oftentimes, at least in the culture that we live in now, somebody's personal experience tends to oftentimes at least can make them scratch their head about this preconceived notion that they might have. And if we can start there by getting people to ask questions about who the local church is because they've had a positive experience with their neighbor or a volunteer or something like that, that's a great place to start. You bet. And as you know, you've been in the ministry. I've been in the ministry for 55 years. So many churches become like an ingrown toenail, mm. you know. And when they when that starts, then, uh, you know, biting sheep start to bite each other. Yeah. So if we can have a church to catch some kind of vision, doesn't have to be cause I love you, to impact our community, mm-hmm. they may see our good works and glorify our Father who's yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Our last church was a First Baptist church in a county seat town. And, and Stu, we had this vision of, why don't we just provide a lunch for our teachers on their in-service day, mm-hmm. uh, where school starts every year. They have an in-service day, and they're preparing. So let's just provide lunch for them. Let's get the business community involved to have some prizes, make it fun for them, and a free lunch. 
Stu, that grew to 500 teachers. We had to have two separate lunches. I'm sure. It's not surprising at all. Because there were three school systems. We had one for one school system, another for the other two. And an administrator came to faith in Christ because of it. He yeah. said, you love my teacher so much, I'm not going to call my pastor. I'm going to call you. And I got to lead him to Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. Practical, practical ways to demonstrate God's love to people. Amen. Well, we'll unpack this some more when we return. Thanks for joining us. See you in a bit after we hear from our sponsors. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back, team. Well, you've got a couple of coaches here on this program, Crosswalk. And we have Stu Davis, who's been the consummate coach through the years, and now he's CEO of Cause I Love You. And Stu, you said something. You know, ministry is a lot, a lot about a lot of like coaching, isn't it? It certainly it, is, yeah. I mean, there's so similar. So many parallels, yeah. Yeah, and I know you're using your coaching experience in your current position. But anyway, you said something very significant. Uh, to say that again, you, you made a quote that really – you said something really got my attention. Well, I think we were talking off the air about how, you know, specifically with schools, but really in any arena, when the church shows up and demonstrates that it cares about things and people the same way that, that others care about those same things and people, it just, it, it creates a connection that mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's so powerful yes, for the local yes. church. And it opens up doors and relationship and trust in ways that doesn't when we just stand off at a distance. So when you, you when you mentioned yeah. that story about walking alongside yeah. the, the the principal, yeah, um, I just think you know you demonstrated that you cared about his teachers and his families the same way that he does, and that's so powerful. And I think that's what we're trying to do with churches. We often we do we care about the same mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. We just sometimes show up in different ways. And I think when we can show up in the same way, care about things the same way, again, it just opens up that trust and that relationship. Well, that, you're talking Jesus, aren't you? That's right. Isn't that the ministry of Jesus? Yeah. He went about preaching the kingdom of God and teaching and healing. Yeah. And the, the healing many times was the open door to the preaching and the teaching. And he cared about uncommon He cared about uncommon things. The common and he often cared about gladly. discarded yeah. people, yeah. right? Yeah. People that the church, the religious society, yeah. often yep. overlooked were the very people that Jesus was looking to care for. Yep, yep. The least, the lonely, the left out, left behind. Yeah. And that's why we are here well, again, the journey of, of Cause I Love You, I can imagine beginning this thing had to have its own challenges, overcoming initial inertia. I mean, you're starting not something new. I mean, it's like Coach Mac starting Promise Keepers. Well, we often talk, I, I've talked about it. Like, it's like riding a bike. You know, it takes all that energy to well, get it going. Yeah. And then once it's moving, then it's about, you know, just trying to make sure you're steering in the right direction and kind of maintaining your bearings. But these last five years have felt in some ways like, you know, all that, like you said, inertia, trying to get that momentum up and moving and making sure that we're doing the right things in the right way. And obviously, within the last five years, we've experienced a lot of things, economic downturns, a pandemic, all these other things. And so that can change your momentum and your inertia at some sure. point. But it's been a really good five years, and I'm looking forward to the next five. Yes, indeed. The Lord has something great for us. We are blessed again as I opened our program to live in this city. Yep, have very much so. I love you to have a... Uh, Christian mayor who has a vision for our city to become a culturally rich light for, on a hill mm-hmm. for many to look to. Yeah. We have Merge with Dean Hawk leading us. Of course, Kelly Williams led it, and my son-in-law, Thomas Thompson, mm-hmm. as well. As I think I'm seeing a lot of collaboration. I'm seeing churches getting out of their own 
vision for themselves, their own kingdom building, yep. and saying, look, let's join hearts and hands and do something greater. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm aware of, Bob, is that even the most community-minded pastor, okay, um, I, I, I refer to it as the internal vortex. There's just so many things inside, and you experienced well, this for so many years. Exactly. Um, there's just so many things to just kind of consume your energy and constantly be sucking mm-hmm. you back into those four walls yeah. of the church. Yeah. And many of those are good things. you got to care for people yeah, who yeah. are in crisis, all kinds of things. But oftentimes, again, the pastor is just trying to find a way. Can you just help me understand what's happening in my city, in my community? Give me something that I can know about what's going on out there that that I can turn my heart or my attention towards. So a lot of times that's the work that we do um, is try to give pastors who are looking for a way to connect with what's happening in their city, try to give them an opportunity, a gathering, a conversation, um, a relationship, a connection of some kind so that in those few brief moments when they can poke their head out of that internal vortex and just yeah. take a look around, they feel like they're able to connect with something that's happening in the city that they can connect their church to. So again, sometimes that's really big, broad uh-huh. initiatives like homelessness. How are we sure. responding to homelessness yeah. or immigration or education or some of these big issues in our city? And sometimes it's something that their specific church cares about. So either way, that's that's a lot of the work that we do is try to connect those churches, those leaders, those pastors to issues that they care about in the city. And I think it begins where we are. The Lord has planted churches Mm -hmm. physically. Some are in transit, but Mm -hmm. they're planted there physically for a season, maybe for a permanent season. I think, Stu, begin where we are. Ask the Lord, okay, what are the needs of my immediate area? And, of course, you can can combo plate it. You Mm -hmm. can do both the macro and the micro. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing I would encourage a pastor to do is just knock on the doors of the churches surrounding his his church, the houses, I should say. And the first question is, do you even know our church exists? And they would be surprised how many neighbors don't even know the church is there. Yeah. And if, if so, what kind of impression it has, sometimes negative. I think begin where we are, and at the same time partner with churches around our city to engage the, the, the big issues that, that you are mentioning. So... If I'm a pastor, where, where do I begin with Cause I Love You? Well, I think with Because with I Love You specifically, we have you know any number of, again, events and gatherings that people can, can come to. Some are for like citywide for anybody who wants to show up. I mentioned our City Serve Day that's happening tomorrow, October 7th. We've got 2,000 people who are just looking to plug into an organization, and it might be around a cause they care about, this foster care organization, this group mm-hmm. that's doing work with you know, um, immigration, you know, uh, and refugees that are coming into the city, you know, so there's all these different issues and sectors that are, that are needing volunteers. So sometimes they're really big and they're for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these events and gatherings are specifically for pastors or city leaders or people who are in the marketplace, vocational, uh, marketplace Christians, you know, so we do these gatherings throughout the year and there's a lot of different touch points. I think the thing more broadly that I would encourage any Christian, be they, a, you know, a pastor marketplace person, somebody in nonprofit work, is to just start by listening and just mm-hmm. ask some good questions. Mm-hmm. Like what, for instance? Yeah, like for if you were to sit down with your city councilor, okay. uh, a couple of great questions would be, hey, what keeps you up at night? Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you're aware of mm-hmm. that maybe the rest of the general public is not aware of? Wow. What are some, some of the things that, for, a, for somebody who's in a district, a city councilor in a district, yeah. what are the things that are happening in our sure. neighborhoods, specifically yeah. in this part of the city, that the rest of us drive by and don't even notice, but it takes up so much of your time that nobody else cares about. Mm-hmm. 
And how, and then some other questions to follow that would be, well, who's doing some work in those arenas? Yeah. How could we help? Yeah. Is there something that you do that you do or that you're aware of mm-hmm. that a local church could do to come alongside and support you? Mm-hmm. That question of what keeps you up at night wow. will illuminate so many things that you and I are never aware of that other people, it's their job to be aware of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And so any elected or appointed official, somebody who works at the city or the county level, um, would would easily be able to kind of give you a laundry list of responses to those questions. Um, but then you could also ask your school principal. You could ask that nonprofit that's just down the road. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned talk, knocking on neighbor's doors. Knock on the doors of some of those neighborhood nonprofits. Yeah. That food pantry, yeah. that organization that's working with you know some you know challenging group of people um, or under-resourced group of people, and especially your local school. Come yeah. alongside and yeah. just say, what's happening with families sure. in my neighborhood? that you see every day that I just don't ever see because I'm just mm-hmm. focused on myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And, and when you start by listening, all kinds of opportunities show up, and then you, start, you can start easily coming up with some of the responses to say, well, I could do something about that. Would this be helpful? Would it be helpful if I showed up on Tuesday afternoons to read, af- read to a handful of kids after school? Yeah. Or just, uh, would it, just paint the playground or something, something even absolutely. visible like that. They're going to show up, hey, who painted our playground? Well, Cross Fellowship Church did. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to organically come to the front. We're yeah. not trying to make a name for ourselves, and, but we're just trying to create a bridge and, a, and an avenue to get into their world to, to meet needs for the glory of God. Yeah, and we could talk about schools for a long time. I, I know I could. It, the reality is 50 years ago, the, the local church was kind of the most trusted part of yeah. any, any yeah. local neighborhood. Yeah. Right or wrong, good or bad, the reality is that today it's the local school. Yeah, that's and right. And so there are so many good opportunities for churches to show up at their local school and just be helpful and build trust. Yeah, amen. That's a great place to start where we are. We'll unpack this some more and let you know how you can be involved with Cause I Love You. What a great opportunity in our city. Thank you, Stu Davis. We'll see you in a minute. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team. We have Coach Stu Davis here, who's Executive Director of Cause I Love You. Been that for five years, and that thing has grown exponentially. The future is bright, and we appreciate your leadership, Stu. I'm going to open the phone lines. Why don't you give us a call, 844-500-WORD. Jot this down, 844-500-WORD. If you have a question, a comment about our city, a concern that you have, a suggestion that Cause I Love You can engage a need in our city, 844-500-WORD. Or maybe you have a testimony of how Cause I Love You in partnership with a church in your community has made a difference. 844-500-WORD. Well, Stu, what's uh, what's some other things Cause I Love You has done? And I want you to, I've been hearing something about a thousand block parties. I want you to address that. Yeah, that's such a great initiative for us to be able to talk about. So this has really come about, I mean, fairly quickly over the last few months uh, that one of our local city council members, David Lineweber, mm-hmm. yeah. solid oh, believer, David. good man of yeah. God, uh, one of our at-large city council members, really ran almost with a singular focus on this issue of mental health when he ran okay. for city council. Okay. So from day one that he took office in May, uh, it's also become a priority for our new, ye- our, our new mayor, Yemi Mobilade, and his wife, Abby. 
to really address um, specifically issues around isolation and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Some of the listeners might be aware, uh, it's, be, it's gotten a lot of press lately, our U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy recently released a report naming loneliness as our, uh, our nation's biggest health epidemic wow. and was able to tie it statistically to some major physical health complications, dementia, early, on, early onset dementia, um, uh, cardiac disease, uh, several other kind of major killers, as well as just early death when people experience isolation and Mm -hmm. loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we've been talking about as a community that's really struggled with suicide rates, with, you know, other issues related to declining mental health is how can we instill this idea of just being connected to one another? How can we combat loneliness and isolation? One of the key kind of data points that that we've seen in in several studies is that when somebody knows at least six of their neighbors, Mm -hmm. the likelihood of uh, suicide and depression and anxiety drops substantially. Wow. So there's been a conversation amongst a number of people. I've been a part of some of those conversations to set set a goal of, can we have a thousand neighborhood parties in 2024 across the city of Colorado Springs to help address and combat these issues of, of loneliness and isolation? And the reality is when we start talking about, when you get into conversations around mental health, Two, two words come up often, isolation and despair. Mm-hmm. And when I start thinking about how to combat those two things, mm-hmm. I, th- I start thinking about the opposites. And right. the, the two opposites are connection and hope. Mm-hmm. And who better to traffic in the language of connection and hope than the local church? Right. So I've been working with Mayor Yemi and his administration and several others to say, what role can churches play to be a part of this initiative? We can't own the initiative, but to be a part of this initiative around a thousand neighborhood parties. And so one of the things that we're going to be doing with churches across the city in 2024 is rather than churches hosting parties in their own neighbor, in their own parking lot or their own church gymnasium or fellowship hall or whatever it might be, those can often just become church parties. Mm -hmm. Can we host neighborhood parties where we seed families from our congregations to host parties in their own neighborhoods? So just imagine, Bob, if we had 100 churches, and we've got well more than 100 good churches in our city, but if we had 100 churches say yes to this— and they each contributed five families, five congregants mm-hmm. who could host a party in their respective neighborhoods. All of a sudden, the church is responsible for 500 of those, of those thousand parties wow. just by dis- distributing the work. Yeah. And I've got to think that we've got 100 churches who each have five people mm-hmm. who would be willing to say, you mean I just got to turn on my grill, corner off you know, a section of our street or you know, mm-hmm. hole up in the cul-de-sac and just throw out some lawn chairs? And we can call that a way for us to participate in the city's broader effort to combat loneliness and isolation. Sure, borrow the church's bounce house. Who would not say yes to That's exactly right. Who wouldn't say yes to something like that? So can you imagine what would happen if a year from now, we're sitting at the end of 2024, and this initiative has been knocked out of the park, and we've exceeded a 1,000 block neighborhood Mm -hmm. parties, and the church contributed 50% of the effort? Wow, wow. Amazing. What a story we could tell. Indeed, indeed. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I think you're working at resourcing some of these churches, aren't we, you? We certainly will be. There's still some plans to put in place. Who needs to know what? Where can they actually track, kind of track or register their party? What that's going to look like? So there's some stuff that's going to materialize here over the next two to three months. I would say by the end of the calendar year, we're going to be well down the road of having you know, kind of a, a toolkit, or we're call, maybe calling it like a party box that any church or organization could track with. There will certainly be others that get involved mm-hmm. beyond local churches. Um, but I think if we could, you know, really resource some of these congregations well to just say, yeah, let's let's put people in neighborhoods who, out of their love for Christ and for others, want to host these parties. What a great opportunity for the local church to show its care and its love for cities, 
but specifically for neighbors, which yeah, I'm pretty sure was a big part of what Jesus wanted us to do. Absolutely. In fact, he commanded us, didn't he? Yeah, he about loving certainly did. That's like right. That. I, got... I believe it's on the top two list somewhere. <laughs> well, we got to know our neighbor before we can love them. That's exactly right. You can't love what you don't know. Yeah, getting to know them. Yeah, that'd be great. And then I'm sure you'll provide, hey, just I, I want to give me some handles. Yeah. Where do I start? I, I got a grill. What else do I need? You know, kind of help people along. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. I mean, and it's too early for us to to say kind of exactly how sure, this is going to work out. But I would say by, by January 2024, if any church or any congregant of a local church is interested in being a part of this, if they're going to come to CauseILoveYou.com, they're going to easily find information that's going to help them host a local wow, party. That's great. Well, I yeah. love that vision, and I think our, in fact, I know our mayor's behind it. Yep. And we want to join with him and his vision to make Colorado Springs a better place. Well, tell us what else is going on with Cause I Love You. What can I do? How can I get involved? Yeah. I'm a pastor listening. I'm a congregant listening. I'm excited about this vision. What do I do? Where do I start? Well, so I'll just talk to the just the general person that's out there, and then I'll talk to the pastor. So for anybody who's just looking to get involved, they just they want to find a way to connect to what's happening in their community. I would suggest they start with, we got three big events that happen every calendar year. Okay. Spring and fall, we do an event called City Serve Day. I've referred to it a couple times already. One's happening tomorrow, October 7th. We'll do those in the first Saturday in May and the first Saturday of October every year. Okay, and give me an just, example of what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, so we've got a, volunteers, again, 2,000 volunteers spread at parks, schools, community centers, nonprofits of every single kind all over El Paso County. There's over 110 projects that people could just easily jump into, wow. show up for three hours be, on a Saturday instance, morning. One would be... Uh, Family Life Services is one I always love to talk about. Wow. Springs Rescue Mission. We've got food pantries in every corner of the neighborhood, you know, or every corner of the city, from the east to the west, north to the south. I like to say from fountain to uh, to, to monument, okay. monument to Manitou, and Manitou to uh, to the to the heart of downtown Colorado Springs. There's a place for everybody to be able to serve. Wow! If you have mobility challenges, if uh, you, if you're trying to figure out like how do I do this, but I don't have a ton of energy, maybe I, you know your your physical limitations in some way. We've got all kinds of projects for people, regardless of their age, their stage, wow, their capability, great. their physical ability. It's so easy to jump in. So that's where I would tell them to start. City Serve Day. Mm-hmm. Or in the summertime, we've got a great event called the Backpack Bash. Uh-huh. Across seven locations this last summer, over two consecutive Saturdays, we provided 12,000 kids with backpacks full of school wow, supplies. Wow. But the goal was to really connect them to organizations, churches, nonprofits, businesses, and others who are there to serve those families mm-hmm. year-round. So we had 30-plus yes. churches involved. We had another 35 local organizations and nonprofits and school districts involved. An amazing effort by a broad group of people, over 1,000 volunteers across two Saturdays. Wow. Just, just an absolutely amazing effort. Just so, go to the Cause I Love You. What is it now? That's right. C-O-S-I-L-O-V-E-U.com, uh-huh. where you can get all kinds of information. Great. What about Talk, the pastors? Talking to pastors, yeah. I would love for them to reach out to me personally. Okay. Um, we've got such great relationships with churches across the Christian spectrum in our city. So black, white, brown, yellow, all of and everywhere in between, That's north, great. south, east, west. There is a hunger amongst pastors in our city to step outside the walls of perhaps their own tradition, yep. background, whatever it might be, and rally around with other churches who we might do things differently on a Sunday. We might talk mm-hmm. about Scripture differently. We might yep. baptize people differently. We might worship this or observe the sacraments differently. 
when we can get together around the things we mutually care about, yes, there is such a powerful um, kind of witness to Amen. our city of what that looks like. So reach Amen. out to me personally through our website. I'd love to get you connected to what's happening wow. in our city. Thank you, Stu Davis. God I appreciate bless you. it, Bob. I pray for you, buddy. I love you. Appreciate what you're doing. Right back God at you. God bless our city. God bless cause I love you. And make us a great city for the glory of God, meeting human needs wherever they may be. That's God right. bless you. I love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Bob. The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.